Let's talk about books. This is Book Talk, and I'm your host, Anthony Moirore. At Book Talk, we have authors come and tell us about their books. And always we've been having some great authors and some great books on this show. And that means that even today we are going to have a great author. She's going to tell us about her book, Entrenched. And I won't take one more minute. I'll just ask you to join me as we go to meet our guest today, Linda Lee Blackmore. Did I say that right? She's going to tell us. <laughs> she's she's right. I hope I did. But then join me and please share this video with all your friends. If you have a question as we are going on, please ask. If you have a comment to make, just make it. We love feedback. We appreciate your feedback. And now let's go and meet our guest today, Linda. Here we go. Hello, Linda. Hello, Anthony. How are you? I'm good. How about you? I'm terrific. Thank you so much for having me today. Yes, we are honored to have you here with us. Thank you for coming. I'm excited. Yes, and I'm curious to know, where is it that you are based right now? I am in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Hmm, that's wonderful. How yes, is that? Yeah, go ahead. Born and born and raised, born and raised in Pittsburgh all my life. All your life, you've been there. Yes, yes. I guess it's a is a good place. You you never want to leave it. You just want to stay there. (laughs) The children, the grandchildren, everybody's here, so I, I I like it. But my husband is actually from San Antonio, Texas, so we do get to go across the across the country quite a bit. Ah, that's good. Texas is also mm-hmm. a good place. It's a great place. Yeah, it's a great place. Now, what is it that you do currently, if I may ask? So, um, I obviously, I'm an author. Um, I am a speaker. And I'm an advocate for women and children. And oh. I use my platform and my books, um, as well as my volunteer work, um, to to really advocate uh, for women and children. Yeah, and women and children are people that we should always focus on. We should fight yeah. for them. Yeah, because yeah. Many, in many places, they are not uh, considered, they are not uh, advocated for, so you're doing a great job. Well, thank you. How was it when you were growing up and... Uh, at what point did you ha- pick an interest in writing? So I always loved to write. And I, I really am grateful to all the teachers who encouraged me. 
Um, I have to tell you, I'm even grateful to the professor who told me to give up the dream. Mm. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yes, he did. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know if it's defiance or determination, but uh, quitting was never an option for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, writing has always been a part of who I am. It's how I think and how I process. Um, even as a child, I could be found holed up in my room with a tablet and a pen, uh, writing away. I used to write mysteries as a child. Mm. Um, I'm, sh- I'm sure they were, you know, childish, but uh, but so was I, right? So, as I grew into an adult, my very busy adult life, a mother of four children in five years, so I was very busy, and um, I got away from the craft that I loved. Mm-hmm. And there came a time shortly after I was engaged to the man who would become my second husband, um, repressed memories of childhood sexual abuse returned. Mm. And I sought counseling at a place called the Pittsburgh Action Against Rape. And the counselor there recommended a book called The Courage to Heal by um, Ellen Bass and Laura Davis. And at the end of each chapter was a writing exercise. And that writing took me back to the craft I love and the writing I needed to heal. Hmm. You talk about abuse. Uh, And it's something that we, I I imagine that uh, was a, something that uh, triggered you into what we are going to discuss today. Uh, what's your experience? What was your experience that uh, you had now to come to, he- to, to healing after reading the book? What, what was the experience that you had experienced uh, early in life? What was my... Um, child in child abuse? abuse? Yeah. The child abuse experience? Yeah. Um, it, my, my particular experience was child sexual abuse. I was mm-hmm. manip- manipulated by someone I trusted. Um, and it, I really repressed the memory until uh, I became engaged. Uh, you know, of course, the person who abused me was older than me. And my second husband was older than me, which, of course, I was kind of recreating I didn't know it at the time, but reaching out to recreate um, that scenario to help me to remember, to help me to confront those psychological demons. Um, For some people, they do it to gain control over something they may not have had as a child. I think I was really doing it more to get at the outcome I didn't get as a child. Hmm. At what what age were you when... When the child, the, the abuse was happening, the sexual abuse. Um, was... Between the ages of seven and nine, mm-hmm. and the front cover of my book um, is me at the age of seven, and that's why I chose that as the front, as the picture I wanted for the front. Um, and that was actually a hard picture to, to choose because um, I wasn't sure I wanted my picture on the book, but the publisher said, you know, the best memoir should have your picture on the front and then I had to choose which which picture I wanted and you know your 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 communion picture your you know you're in white and it's purity and you know faith and all those things that were all being violated at the time okay 
then you came across the book that in that uh, brought you back into your passion that you had grown up with and that's when this book came to be enchanted actually in entrenched is my second book oh okay so, yes so what happened was um when i went through the healing mm-hmm. um with the pittsburgh action the therapy healing as a journey <laughs> i mm. went through the therapy and you know i it had taken me a fairly long time and it was a hard journey a dark journey and a hard journey but it had taken so many people to get me through that that i wanted to give back so i decided i would write a book about a little girl who like me was sexually abused mm. i even i even landed a literary agent mm-hmm. not sure how that happened but you know um and every month i would send her by mail chapters a chapter and a blank cassette tape and about a week later she would send me back the red marked pages and her comments mm-hmm. you know ernest hemingway said all you have to do is bleed on the page well i was not bleeding on the page i was holding back and mm-hmm. i was more like kurt vonnegut he says you know i was like an armless legless woman with a big fat crayon in my mouth it, it was a mess my writing was a mess but even mm. though the writing was a mess, this literary agent really seemed to believe in me or in my story. And she kept telling me, I want you to, to I want you to tell your story. There's power in the truth. Mm-hmm. But I, I knew I wasn't healed enough and I wasn't evolved enough to write a memoir. Those are two very key components. Mm-hmm. But the big reason why I wasn't ready to write it is because my mother didn't even know at the time what had happened to me. Okay. So when writing my story was out of the question, the literary agent suggested that I volunteer. And I decided to volunteer at Pittsburgh Child Advocacy. And that's an organization that brings children in for their forensic interviews for child abuse. Mm -hmm. And of course, I was just doing clerical things. I was filing or answering the phones. I I didn't have any contact with the children. Um, And one day this little boy came in and I never met him but his story was on the lips of everyone who passed through the halls. Hmm. Uh, He had been so sexually assaulted for so long that he lashed out raping his five-year-old sister. Hmm. And I went home that night and I was really, really hurting. I, I could not get those children out of my head. And I knew one thing, prevention and intervention had to do more. Mm-hmm. But what? I wasn't a therapist. So I thought about my children. They were more likely to listen to and learn from other children than from any adult, any time, right? All children are. And that's when the idea came to me. I would write a book, Kids Helping Kids Break the Silence of Sexual Abuse. And Mm -hmm. in that book, children, courageous children, would tell their true stories to educate and help keep kids safe, to intervene if a child is locked in silence, and also to um, promote healing, mm-hmm. you know, hope for healing. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is that in six very short months, I had all of the stories I needed. I had written the supporting educational chapters, and I even had a publisher. Mm-hmm. It was all happening very, very quickly. Endorsements were rolling in, and speaking engagements were lining up, and it was just happening. 
um, I spent the next couple of years uh, traveling the country. Uh, articles were written about my book. I wrote some articles that appeared in, in different magazines. Uh, Seventeen Magazine featured one of the young ladies that was in my book. Um, Montel Williams show then brought that young lady to the show. She was on stage. I was in the audience um, as the professional. Mm -hmm. And even though I was still very entrenched in an unhealthy second marriage, I considered myself healed. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't. You weren't. No. One day, many, many years after publishing that first book, my second husband left me for the fourth time to move in with his best friend who had been charged with possession of child pornography. Oh. And I, of course, I was heartbroken um, oh. and confused. And I started writing again. I went back to writing. That was my way of processing and thinking and making sense of things. So I started writing again. And this time I started writing to understand the demons that possessed my second husband. What I found were the demons still in me. Mm -hmm. Over the course of 12 long, slow years, the process gradually shifted from me writing about him to writing about myself. Um, I did not use an outline. I wrote as the scenes presented themselves to me, as the memories came back, as I remembered things. And mm -hmm. I sat with what I remembered and I thought about it and I evaluated it. Of course, I was still in therapy, so I discussed it with my therapist. Um, and through that long and painful process, I slowly began to gain clarity and understanding and put my past um I, I, I saw my past as I had never seen it before. I saw myself as I had not seen myself before. Mm -hmm. And then one day in the middle of our fifth marital separation, actually, and it was our seventh separation. I don't know if you know this, but on average, um, a woman will leave an unhealthy relationship seven times before leaving for good. Mm. And we were in our seventh if you count the two separations we had during engagement, we were in our seventh separation and I was sitting in the room, bedroom and on, on a chair and thinking. And I remembered another event from my childhood. Um, certainly not as traumatic as the sexual abuse, but equally um, uh, affecting me. And at that very moment, I knew why I left a kind and loving man for number one, a married boyfriend who in the end sexually assaulted me. Mm -hmm. I knew why, even though I went back to that kind and loving man, I, I didn't stay with them. Then I left him again for this second husband who of course left me. Um, and no matter how many times he left me, I always took him back um, no matter what he did or, or why he went. And I also knew that there was a very important lesson in my story for other women, why mm. we do the things we do. Um, but I was terrified to expose myself to the world as such a damaged individual. Yeah. So I kind of wrote my story and sat back and held it close to my heart. And then one day... I was asked to have lunch with a young lady 
um, she was making a lot of bad choices in her relationships and in her life. And I was asked to have lunch with her. And I knew I could give her sage motherly advice. But I also knew she'd be more likely to listen to and learn from my story. Hmm. After I told her what I had been through and what I had learned, realized, she got up from the table and walked around and gave me a big hug. And she said, telling that telling her my story had helped her to make sense of what she could not make sense of in the past. And that's when I knew that my writing group friends, my wonderful 12 years worth of friendships, um, they were right. They kept telling me that my story could make a difference for other women. And I, I knew they were right. No matter how scary it might have felt, I had to put myself out there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, it's good to tell the story because uh, you never know what people are going through. And as I'm looking through the reviews that are coming about your book, one party says that uh, I must read for anyone struggling in a toxic relationship because uh, far too many women have lived in unhealthy, abusive relationships and can't figure out how to leave. So They, they can't, and it, it's so unhealthy. And mm-hmm. it's unhealthy for the children, too. It's not just unhealthy for the woman. Yeah. It's difficult yeah. to leave. Yeah, so, so, so it's good to share that, that story. Now... What you've expressed here is what we are going to find in that book. Do you go into detail about the, 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 all those uh, abuses that uh, followed there? And uh, do, do you go into I, more details? I am not descriptive because I want other people to be able to envision their experiences. Um, but I tell you enough that you understand exactly what I've been through. And how many times I went back or took him back Mm -hmm. and why it really is an evolution of my growth and understanding. Mm -hmm. Um, And also some of it is grieving. As we go through the process, we begin to grieve the dream that we are giving up. Um, But we also begin to grow in strength and understanding, in self-confidence. Um, and slowly we can pave the way to find the strength to mm. have the life that, that we deserve and that our children who are with us, because what a mother endures, so do her children. So it, it's really important. It is. And Marnie Grunman said about my book, she wrote, the effects of trauma roll our lives until we take charge, take a chance and work through it. She says, entrenched a memoir of holding on and letting go will give women the courage to do just that. And I truly hope Marnie Grunman is right. I hope my story, my mistakes, um, and being able to see me going through it, other women will not beat themselves up for it, but they'll say, look, what I'm going through, she went through. So this is a normal part of the process. Difficult, but I'm not alone. And it's not your fault. When you find yourself in these situations, it's really not your fault. Yeah. We all have a past. Mm -hmm. And when our past is cloaked in unresolved childhood trauma, it will lure us toward unhealthy partners. 
-hmm. as a way to remember to confront our psychological issues, um, to gain control over what we could not control as a child, and also like me, to get the outcome we did not get as a child. Mm -hmm. And even when our uh, trauma is uh, repressed, even when we don't remember it, it still is in there affecting the choices we make and the lives we live, even the jobs we choose. Yeah. And I agree with you that every individual's experience is unique to them. And so even without being descriptive descriptive of the experiences that you went through, but you give us a picture of the overall thing, then we can view our experiences and know whether, I mean, we identify with what you went through and we know how to come out of it using the experiences that you give and the solutions that you provide in the book. I, I guess you've provided some book, some solutions, some ideas of how to come out of it smoothly. I, I just show my experience, my journey. And then at the end of the book, I give some resources. Everybody needs to do it their own way. Uh -huh. uh, my way to do it was writing, of course, therapy. And um, I've always been one of those people that learns everything the hard way. Mm. So I, I hope for other women, they don't have to learn it the hard way. But I think for most of us, it really is a process. And yeah. we have to go through the steps to get through it. So, you know, I, I would say to women that if you find yourself, as I did, gravitating toward unhealthy partners, um, or if you continue to return to an unhealthy partner, there's a good chance there's something deeper at, at work for you. And uh, I really would urge women to not try to suppress it or push it away because that doesn't work, mm -hmm. but to, to really dig in there and try to figure out what's going on for me because something is going on. Some... It really is a sign that something is going on. And you cannot just push it away. You have to confront it. You have to work through it. And healing is a lifelong journey. A lifelong journey. Yeah. So if I may ask, you, because you said don't suppress it, but your book is... A memo of holding on and letting go. So why the holding on and the letting go? Can, can you explain to us a bit more on that? Yes, I was actually holding on to my second husband, right? Okay. Every time he left, I took him back. But when that second memory um, came back, when the memory is my abuser pulls up in a car that my father had rebuilt for him, Mm. And he walks over to where I am sitting on the curb and I'm building a house or playing jacks or whatever I was doing as a child. And he comes over and he kneels down and he says to me, um, I'm not coming around anymore. I'm getting married. Mm. And I said to him, but you promised you were going to marry me. And he said, I can't marry a nine-year-old. And of course I was nine. So I said, but you promised. And he stood up and he brushed his slacks and he tossed his cigarette into the gutter and snuffed it out with the pointy 
toe of his brown leather shoe and he said, you know, I was just practicing mm. and you can't tell anybody. And then he walked down the walkway and stepped into my, the kitchen door of my home. And I heard him say to my mom and dad, guess what? I'm getting married. So for me, the, the layers, uh, it was not just the abuse. I had dealt with the abuse. I had gone to the Pittsburgh Action Against Rape. I had written that book. For me, the layers were, or what was left to deal with was the abandonment. Hmm. I was still dealing with abandonment issues. And not only did I choose a man to marry who was just about the same years older as my abuser was, mm -hmm. but I also chose a man who kept leaving. So I was holding on to someone who left me. And mm -hmm. when I had that second memory, I realized that holding on to a man who leaves will keep me forever entrenched in the very thing I need to let go. Mm -hmm. So the whole journey for me was clinging to something unhealthy. And then in the end, having the wisdom and the understanding and the strength to let go. Okay, we get it. So in whatever that someone may be going through, there's up to a certain level that someone can hold on. And then there comes that day when you just got to make the choice to let go. Yeah. And, and it helps if you have an understanding. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's easier. You will feel empowered. Um, I find that writing is very empowering for me. When you put something on the page, it separates it from you. It gives it a life of its own. You can mm -hmm. pick it up any time you want, but you're in control. It's no longer in your head or in your heart, keeping you fixated and anxious. Mm -hmm. So for me, the writing really did. It separated the trauma from me, but it also gave me um, uh, a way to look at it from more of a distance mm -hmm. and to become more um, objective. Mm -hmm. about myself, about my relationship, and about about the trauma. Hmm. Yeah. At this time, I want to remember those people who are watching. Thank you very much for watching. Uh, special mention goes to Arthur. Thank you, Arthur, for everything. I see uh, you're clapping. And uh, all those who are putting the likes there on TikTok, thank you very much. Thank you for watching. Please share this video uh, or even go to nowtellus.com, I mean, sorry, uh, bookplacemedia.com and uh, share it once it's up with all your friends so that uh, we can spread this message far and wide. Now, how would people connect to you if people wanted to connect with you? My website is lindaleeblakemore.com. Mm -hmm. And if you send me a message, I promise you I will answer you. Okay, so www.lindaleeblackmore.com. Yes, B-L-A-K-E-M-O-R-E.com. I was afraid in the beginning that I got it wrong, but I think I got it You right. were close. You were close. Yeah, Blakemore, <laughs> but close enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so if you'd want to connect with uh, Linda, you can go to her website. And also you can go click the link that is in the description and go read the book.
Yeah, get please the book. Please read the book. Yeah. If you get the book, would you please write a review on Amazon for me, please? Yes, you write a review. So the book, once again, is an Entrenched, a, mem a memoir of uh, Holding On and Letting Go by Linda Lee Blackmore. Black yeah, uh, this is a book talk, and we are moving on. Uh, tell us a few things that you would like us to specifically go thinking about this book. Well, I, you know, I'm doing this. I've done this book, and I donate all of the proceeds, by the way, to the agencies who support and help children and women. Mm. Um, so I don't keep any of the profits at all. Um, I have three primary goals that I would like, and that is to help other women to understand uh, where they are, how they've gotten there, and, and perhaps find their own way, uh, my way or their own way to work their way through their trauma and their unhealthy relationships. Mm -hmm. um, I also offer a, a free class. It is called um, Survivor to Author, where if you have any kind of trauma and you would like to use writing to help you to sort through it, heal, mm -hmm. um, or help others. Uh, it's a free class. I do, um, I, I can do them in person, but I also do them via Zoom. Um, we've paused for the summer, but we'll be back and doing one either September or October. I have a pretty busy September, so might start the middle of September, but um, somewhere in that area. And of course, um, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, so it really does work in conjunction with that if we do October. Um, and of course, as I said, the third thing, the third way that I, I really want to make a difference is by financially supporting, you know, the social service agencies who are so underfunded um, by donating some money. And I also volunteer. So I'm, I'm putting my, my hands and my time in there as well. Um, I think it's really important for people to understand um, the the depth of the statistics. And if you don't know them, uh, one in four little girls and one in six little boys will be a victim of child sexual abuse. But here's a statistic that is, is really hard to hear. Um, a victim of child sexual abuse is six times more likely to be reassaulted or reabused sexually as a teen or as an adult. Mm -hmm. that's, an, that's an awful big statistic. Each year, just in the United States, there are over 463,600 rates of women 12 years or older. That's one in five women. Mm. Half of those assaults are perpetrated by an acquaintance and a third are never reported. Mm. One in three women will experience physical violence by a partner or a former partner. More than three women in the United States are killed, just in the United States, are killed every day by a partner or former partner. Mm. Um, of the total domestic violence homicides, 75% of victims are killed by their, female victims are killed by their partner. So again, we choose our partners based on our unresolved childhood issues. Um, I've heard those words from every therapist, but I was so entrenched in my own emotional turmoil that I couldn't make any sense of it. Um, I, after 12 years, I don't know how many therapists, two books, I finally get it. Um, and 
I hope that women can be spared what so many go through. Uh, I hope that we can be there for each other to help and protect one another. Um, and if my book can make a difference for anyone, uh, I'm grateful. Yeah, it should make a difference. Just as uh, we see some reviews and the way they talk about it, I believe that every other person that is going to get the book is going to experience some impact in their lives from reading the book. Thank you so much. The book is currently being used, both of my books are currently being used as educational and intervention tools for uh, women and children by therapists. So, um, you know, hopefully it can help. And the domestic violence um, shelters.org, uh, it, it's a recommended resource there also. So it seems to be, seems to be, you know, helping a little bit, um, but I, I'd like to help everybody if I could. And I think there's, they've won some awards. Did I see that correctly? What's you, that? You've won, they, they've won an award. Yes. It, it, uh, entrenched. Well, the first book really was a nationally renowned book. It still okay. sells today. And mm -hmm. Entrenched, yes, won first place in, in the award. Yes, it did. That's so, beautiful. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Yes. Yes. Now, you talked about... Uh, mentioning the picture on the book, we you wearing white, and now you're also wearing white. Tell us, <laughs> tell us way back from then up to now, and through the, that experience, through the healing, and through now feeling the confidence to still, I mean, or, or, or rather, someone who may be going through some experiences, abuse, and then coming out and still feeling whole feeling pure as before is that is there such a thing or explain to us you know when you when you first remember and even before i remembered uh, my abuse i definitely felt damaged and dirty mm -hmm. i didn't even know why and i felt different i felt like i was the only one in the world um but you're not the only one in the world if you're mm -hmm. in a room full of women, if you're in a coffee shop, if you're in a church, if you're in a restaurant, if you're in an office meeting, 25% of the women in there have had some kind of um, trauma, mm -hmm. sexual trauma. Uh, it is not your fault. We are not to blame for what someone does to us. And a lot of times in a domestic violence situation, women blame themselves because they stay. Um, or they return. And that can make you really feel like you're doing this to yourself. Mm -hmm. But you're not. You're doing the best you can. You stay because you need to stay at that moment. You mm -hmm. leave when you have the knowledge and the resources to leave. And as women, we need to support each other. Mm -hmm. We need to be there for one another, not to be critical or competitive. And women are much more competitive with each other than men are. Yeah. Um, uh, but we need one another. And it's not your fault. And you have every right to wear white because you are strong and you are determined. And it's not your fault. And you can overcome. You really can. And not only can you overcome, I will tell you that as a survivor, I think I am stronger, more resourceful, and more determined because of what I have 
overcome. Mm. And for those who want to overcome, you will be surprised at the person that you can allow yourself to be. You can let that person that's inside you out because you are amazing. You mm. really are. It's okay. Yes, it's hard and the therapy's hard and the healing is hard, but it is worth it. Yeah, it's worth it. It is. Healing the, the healing is hard, but it's worth it. And at the end of the day, you can still feel clean again. Yes, and beautiful. Beautiful. And yeah. beautiful. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's good. Yeah, it's good to hear that from you. So yeah. once again, uh, this is Book Talk. We've been talking about the book Entrenched, a, me a memoir of holding on and letting go by Linda Lee. And uh, we thank you, Linda, for coming on to this show. We appreciate Thank you, Anthony. Yeah. Thank you. So everyone, go get the book, read it. And uh, as you heard from Linda, it supports an organization. So be someone that supports this organization as well by buying the book. So before we go, Linda, just a few words, very few words, maybe one sentence that uh, we should always remember. You may have mentioned it uh, as we are, we are talking, but a few words that we should always remember from you are? None of us is bigger than our trauma no matter how smart or educated or resourceful we are, we cannot will ourselves through it or beyond it. We can't ignore it or stuff it. We must confront it. Those are beautiful words. Thank you very much once again. Thank this you so much. And I, I wish all of you women love and happiness and hope and beauty. You yeah. deserve it. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you very much. This goes out there to all the women who are listening and also some, some men because they also, as the, you heard from Linda, we have the statistics that say even boys go through it. Yes, they do. Yes, so this has been Book Talk. Uh, I have been your host, Anthony Moirore, and together with our guest today, Linda Lee, we are saying keep reading, Keep making an impact in the world. And that's it for now. Bye. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.